Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Hi, friends. Today, we're going to be talking about updates on three bills, and hopefully um, they will all make sense to you. These, uh, some of these are bills we've talked about before, so let's get into them. AB 262 is that bill that relates to camps and um, could have an impact on uh, even smaller uh, uh, group meetings like co-ops and park days. Um, we're concerned about this bill because of how it, it may home impact the homeschool community's ability to, to get together and have um, events together so without uh, extra regulation. And this bill does add extra re regulation to those gatherings and events. And um, so we're still working on this bill. It does have a hearing coming up. So I, uh, the action item right now for this bill is to just pray for us that we'd be able to uh, continue to have a good uh, working relationship with the author's office. So far, that has been pretty good. And we have made some headway with some amendments. Um, but we would like for uh, your prayers on this one to um, just that we would be able to to have a clear understanding and be able to pr put forward uh, helpful uh, amendment suggestions that and that they would be open to those. So next is AB 659. That's the HPV vaccine mandate, uh, which originally was uh, focused on K through 12 education. And now the main focus is shifted to just state colleges, state funded colleges and universities. And uh, there is still a uh, some wording in the bill that would actually uh, and still encourage and push the HPV uh, vaccine as a uh, as a uh, encouraged and uh, um, uh, as an encouraged uh, requirement kind of for entering eighth grade, but there's no references to enforcement or even checking that. Um, somebody has gotten the vaccine. So um, it's it's a little bit um, awkward in how it's uh, currently worded. Uh, so we're um, trying to trying to understand that with more clarity from the author's office as well. Um, it does still have some language in it that would require action from private schools, including private home schools, uh, in terms of uh, paperwork that would have to be uh, notifying each parent about the vaccine um, and uh, encouraging parents to uh, to get their students vaccinated. So, um, so we're trying to work on that still a little bit. The next bill is AB 767. And um, this bill has been amended if this is our mandatory kindergarten bill. AB 767 mandates kindergarten for students uh, in California prior to enrolling in school. But the update since our last uh, reference to this bill is that this bill has uh, been uh, amended to include the actual code language, or whereas before it didn't have the, the language that was going to go in the code, it was just intent language. But now it has actual real code language that's supposed to go in the code, and the bill has our amendment language in it that exempts all private school students. So. 
The bill currently, as it is now written with our amendment language in it, mandates kindergarten for any student enrolling in a public school for first grade. So that means that for kids that are going to public school, whether it's a traditional public school or whether it's a charter school, any kind of a public school, they will be required to attend kindergarten prior to first grade. That mandates an extra year, 13 years of required school instead of 12, um, but uh, it only does it if you're putting your kid in a public school or public school program. So the amendment language that we got in after working over the last couple of years with this author on uh, this wording, the amendment exempts all students that are going to be enrolling into first grade in a private school. So uh, if your kids are going into private school or privately homeschooling, then it doesn't apply to you. So that's a big victory um, in terms of getting that amendment language in there. And we're really excited about that. It's been a lot of hard work and um, we're really glad to, to be able to announce that today. So um, good news there. Um, we would ask you to continue to pray for us as we work with the author's offices on AB 262 and AB 659. Just pray for clear communication, good working relationships, and a clear understanding of the legislation itself. Um, and then uh, we'll be uh, connecting again next week with uh, more updates on legislation. And for now, I want to uh, also uh, remind and encourage you to uh, be praying for your leaders as you um, think about what's going on in politics, both at the local, state, and federal level. Be considering how you can pray for your leaders and uh, to talk a little bit more about that today, um, we're going to be uh, including uh, some, uh, some helpful and encouraging tips from uh, my friend Frank Erb. So thanks, that's it for now, and um, continue praying. The number one thing that I pray for and ask people to pray for is for their salvation through Jesus Christ. We know as we follow God's word that that is what everybody needs. People need the forgiveness of sins and the new life that comes when we trust in God through Jesus. Call upon the Lord, ask him to save us and forgive our sins through Jesus and be the Lord of our life. And um, this is what everybody needs. This is the main thing we should be praying for everybody, I think. And that includes our elected officials and other government leaders. And so many of the problems we have with government are because they don't have a connection with God. And we're, we're saying, why aren't they doing what God would want? Well, as we get to know them personally, as I do, most of them don't care about God, really. And so they need to have that connection with the Lord. Because God cares about them, he sent Jesus to die for the sins of those who are lost, which is all of us. And, and God is calling them to salvation personally. And he cares about them. He cares about their family. But then also, how are they going to serve the Lord or do what God would want in their important position if they're cut off from him? And so we want to pray that they'll be connected with God through Jesus. And then... He can guide their lives and guide their 
their decisions that they make as an elected official. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's really important for us to remember that this is the, the most important thing. It really is for, for any person that lives, it is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what impact that person might have on other people or their, what their decisions will, will cause to happen, other, other things that might flow out of what they're doing. But yeah. for every single individual person, this is the most important thing. Right. And I, I've been in the Capitol long enough that there have been many uh, legislators and other government leaders who've actually moved on to the next life, who've died. And it's just a reminder of the brevity of life that we never know when that day is coming and God is calling everybody to put their trust in him. And that's the same for our government leaders. They're going to stand before him and uh, there's a judgment day coming. And so we're praying that they will stand before God connected with God through Jesus and have forgiveness of their sins that God offers by his grace and mercy. And most people, uh, as we talk to them about things like this, they'll say, well, I believe in God and I'm a good person. And they'll think they're fine because of that. But the Bible makes it clear that, that we all need to ask God for forgiveness through Jesus. And so as I go to government leaders, a lot of them think they're with God because they're religious or they yeah. attend church or they were brought up in church or they were baptized or, or they're a nice person. And so I get to share with them what the Bible says about how we need to come to God and ask his forgiveness of our sins and really follow him. And that's a new thing for some of them to hear that. And, um, and so that's where I start so that they can have that opportunity to come to the Lord and connect with him. And when that happens, it's like the lights go on. Mm -hmm. And I've many times been meeting in private when the lights have come on and it's tremendous. And then over time, as they grow in the Lord, they'll want to do what he says. But it starts with their salvation and yeah. them being connected with God. Thank you so much for your time, Frank. Thank you, Nathan. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.